0: so to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
1: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Queer Talk, a queer podcast that brings you a weekly dose of positive news stories and fabulous interviews. Hi!
2: Hi. Today we're joined by the divine Ben Peachy. Ben is a non-binary writer, content creator and LGBTQIA activist. They aim to uplift and educate through media.
0: They're everywhere, running their own fashion and lifestyle platform, hosting their own podcast, The Happy Place, and delivering education and laughter daily via the legendary Instagram stories. They're currently writing their debut book as well. We'll talk more about that later on. So let's jump right in.
2: Today's positive news story I have is looking at the US election and the LGBTQ plus senators and legislators who are making history in 2020. So as we're all aware, the US elections are currently taking place. I think as we're recording this, we're all waiting for them to count the votes in the last few states, um, which will be kind of the groundbreaking decision. I think we already know who's won. But until it's counted, until it's done, and until Trump stops spitting his dummy out, we don't know for sure. <laughs> now, obviously, we're not based in the US, so I don't want to comment too much on their politics because I'm not an educated person. However, we have seen even more history-making moments for LGBTQ plus candidates this time round. Now, back in 2016, when Trump was elected, we saw just so many... Black POC, like LGBTQ plus people, elected, and that was really exciting. So I just want to name drop um, a couple of the people that have got in now. There's a lot more, but we have Michelle Rayner goolsby who has become the first openly Black queer woman elected to Florida's House of Representatives. So she's the first ever openly Black queer woman, which is so exciting, and especially in a state like Florida, where I think they mostly vote uh, Trump has Florida, but it was a close one. Well, we won. Let's just let's just roll <laughs> with that. We won. Taylor Small is another name to take note of. Um, small has been announced as the first transgender state legislator in Vermont, and will be the fifth transgender legislator in America. So this is also it's it's a small victory in the grand scheme of things, but it's it's a vital change. Uh, to see transgender people take taking these roles is very very exciting because that's what leads to the to the greater change. We have Jabari Brisbois the first openly LGBTQ plus person of colour to be elected to New York. And finally, the one that excited me most is Maureen Turner, who is a true example of how far some branches of politics have come because Turner is the first non-binary Muslim Oklahoma state lawmaker, which I mean, they've got it all going on, which is very exciting. Now, regardless of who gets into the white house, regardless of who becomes president, I want to remind our listeners that no single president is going to erase all of the homophobia, transphobia, racism that is going on in America. Okay. Um, 70 million people have voted for trump which is a vote against our you know us as minorities our communities our rights so there's definitely a much bigger fight to be had but when i read that these people are getting in state after state after state you know the lgbtq basically minorities are taking control and regaining control over politics in a part of the world must be terrifying to live in it's these monumental moments Mm. that will definitely pave the future for us as minorities so
0: I'm excited about that. I'm, I'm very excited to see what they what, what changes they make and what they do to the US. I think you hit the nail on the head right there. It doesn't matter who the president is. It does in a sense that they will be there uh, leading and making policy at that level. But really, the country is so divided. And the only way you're going to change uh, society in the different states is by having these amazing people, these senators, these representatives, all working in their corner of America, making you know, making society better, integrating different cultures and really leading on that front. And that's where the real change is going to happen in the next four years. So hearing this list of people, it's just, it's just amazing that these people kind of, I know it sounds silly, but like these people exist because all we hear about is Trump. All we hear about is, you know, the white supremacy in America. And I'm like, I want to hear about the people who are making change positive change. Absolutely. Now, Ben, as a
2: non-binary icon, how does it feel? uh, You know, did you ever kind of suspect to see these changes happening? And, you know, is now too little too late? Or is this, you know, a good start? Like, where are you at with that?
1: It's one of those things you just, you can't imagine the majority of public ever voting for people like us. You just, as as a non-binary person myself, I'm just like, "Who, who would vote for someone like me? And as you say, that it's not the president, it's not the power at the top. But what it does do is it shows everyday people like us that you could go and be this person. You could go and have this powerful moment. And it will encourage more trans and Mm non-binary queer people to say, hey, maybe politics is for me. And that's incredibly exciting.
0: And we
1: love to see it.
0: We love to see it. (laughs) I'm just going to say, if you ran for MP... In any, in any constituency, I would move to that constituency and vote for you. Well, maybe. Politics is for me in the future. <laughs> would anyone love a
1: feminine binary prime minister of the UK? I'd love to see I, that. I would, I, would, I would love to see that.
2: <laughs> I mean, compared to, compared to our current choice... I'd love to see anybody else as Prime Minister of the UK. But if it was you, Ben Peachy, I, w- I would be there singing your praises. I'm sure I'd be, like, Vice Prime Minister or, like, First Lady or whatever whatever that is in the UK. I don't know how that works. But, but Vice
0: I, Prime Minister.
2: Vice Prime Minister, you're taking... I think it's a Deputy Prime oh, okay, Minister. OK, I'll take that. Maybe we can change the label, right? <laughs>
0: uh, uh, we'll see. <laughs> um, but you're absolutely right. Like, to have non-binary representation in Parliament, in, you know in different political parties, it's only when we get that, when we have that, will young people think, okay, I can do that too. And then like, that's empowering. And that's, that's kind of at the core of it, what representation is in any field. Spencer, when you put this article Hello. forward, I did a bit of research. and Ooh. I know, I actually did research this time. And I found an old pink news article from last year saying that there were 45 out LGBT MPs in the UK. That's amazing, right? That's a lot more than I thought there'd be. Sure. And the, uh, the headline for this was the UK's parliament is the most gay in the world. Ooh. Um, so there you go. We have the gayest parliament. But I'm going to go into the, the detail here. 19 Conservative MPs, 19 wow. Labour MPs and 7 SNP MPs. But mostly men. Interesting. Two. Mostly men. So they don't represent the diversity of the LGBT community because the 36 men. Uh, there's 45 people, nine women, and none are transgender.
2: So we have a lot of space to grow here, right? Yeah. Wow. I didn't think you could be a gay Tory. Oh, yeah,
1: there's a lot of them.
2: <laughs> oh, no.
1: There's a surprisingly large amount of them, actually.
2: Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to move to the US. I'm sure it's safer there. <laughs> <laughs> Nowhere is safe. <laughs> Nowhere is safe for us. This is awful. Nowhere. Okay, but anyway, we're celebrating the growth. We're celebrating the wins right now. We're not going to do the doom and gloom because that will come next week. Um, we'll just we'll just wait for that. But here at Queer Talk, we're we're all upbeat and yeah, I'm grateful to see this representation. I think I could be president one day. Do you have to
1: be a U.S. citizen? I'm afraid you do. Yes, and there's an age limit as well, Spencer. So you're far
0: too young currently. Yeah, well, that
2: means I've got time.
0: Thirty-five. What? You have really? To... I don't know. There's an age. Yeah, thirty-five. I don't know. There's an age limit.
2: Oh, Muffsine, you're you're yeah. almost past it. <laughs>
0: rude <laughs> the article i was reading was about something called the gay or trans panic defense now i'm curious if either of you have heard of this i had not i actually had never heard of it before
1: mm. uh, i had heard but not done full research so
0: i am aware well so the gay panic defense allows courts to demote a murder conviction to manslaughter if the defendant can prove that they were provoked to violence or assault by unwanted homosexual advances so basically the way i think of it is if someone attacks you and commits a hate crime and unfortunately a lot of the cases are murder cases the suspect's sentence can be lessened if they can prove that there were unwanted homosexual advances so they were shocked that of their the victim's uh gayness or transness and that led them to lose control and murder someone um and because they lost control the sentence would be lessened so this just having this kind of uh case law in existing is really bad because it gives homophobic uh defendants a defense um which is completely like outdated and shouldn't should not exist and i've i found this really interesting because we talk about certain legal milestones in the LGBT movement of legalising same-sex marriage. We talk about same-sex attraction and uh, sex and consent ages, but this is just something that completely I had never never heard of until I came across this article in Gay Times. It's quite extreme, right?
2: Like, we're saying murder. Like, mm. I understand, I can, I can accept to a certain point self-defence. Now, I still wouldn't uh, kind of allow it towards gay and trans people, but... If, if someone attacks you this whole like self-defense thing you know you can attack them back i know this is like problematic but to murder someone is never like hands down never okay right like i thought that was like a ground rule for all humans like murder murder is not okay no matter what the situation yeah. so
0: it, the self-defense basically reduces it from murder to manslaughter so the difference between murder and manslaughter is murder is with intent and manslaughter is without but both but- result in a death so the, this, this defense basically lessens the significance of the uh, the murder uh, just because the person, the victim is gay or trans. That's where it's really bad because what you're effectively saying is we don't value gay and trans lives as much as we value cis heterosexual lives. But the article is positive, I promise, <laughs> because this defense in case law has existed for a while. And, you know, I'm not going to blame British law, British Empire, but, you know, that might have something to do with it but over the years different different countries and different states have repealed that law to completely remove it but unfortunately this This kind of law only comes about, this kind of progress in law only comes about when cases come forward. Um, So in Australia, which is what the Gay Times article is about, is talking about the change in South Australia, where the defence is finally repealed in 2020. And this came about because of the murder of someone called Michael Lindsay, who was killed, and the defendant's lawyers were able to use the gay panic rules to reduce the sentence. But then in the Court of Appeal, that was taken away, rightly so. And the, th- the thing that I've had in Australia is like different states have implemented this change, this reform at different times. So in Victoria they had this repealed in 2005 and in Queensland in 2017 and now South Australia are doing it in 2020. So we're, we're getting there and we're we're breaking down these tools that people can use to lessen homophobic crimes which is great and you know good news but i'm just surprised that it's happening now in 2020 when i feel like it should have happened years ago
2: yeah i mean we've got more than enough to worry about already i'm i'm surprised (laughs) that this was even a thing and i'm surprised that this is this is still it's 2020 what do you mean people can have their murder charge lessened no Mm. like we always do this with our positive news stories we're like oh wow this is progress but actually like it's not good enough yeah it's it's insane to see this this year like what do you mean I thought Australia were quite progressive.
0: They are, but it's it's kind of like old case law that just kind of exists and is knocking around and, and then when something happens, people use it. But, you know, that that shouldn't be there in people's artillery to use. Damn right, it shouldn't. Yeah. I mean, Australia are like gay
2: allies. They produced Kylie Minogue, right? So we mm. absolutely should, should be celebrating that. <laughs> I want to know what is Kylie what what is Kylie's comment on this article, please? Mavseen? seen. Did you did you get? I'll, any exclusive? I'll ask
0: Kylie. I'll uh, go to Gadio and ask Kylie. <laughs> <laughs> I oh, can't believe well, you brought it back I'm, to Kylie.
2: I'm sorry. I mean, that's all I know about Australia, yeah. okay? Now I know Kylie, and now I know that they have this thing that works against us. Well, so they don't we're have of equally weighted it. Well, they don't. They got rid
1: of it, Spencer. That's the
0: positive <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> But they haven't got rid of it. Does it still exist anywhere else in Australia? A lot of the states have repealed it. Unfortunately, I don't know how many states there are in Australia, so I can't tell you if all, if all of them have removed it. Potentially. Yeah. <laughs> Because the article I read was like, this this state removed it, this state removed it. But I'm like, I don't know what's happening in Australia, the geography. (laughs) I also found interesting when I dived into this topic is where we sit with it in the uk so interestingly the gay and trans panic defense in the uk was called the portsmouth defense and was reformed in 2002 so that was only 18 years ago and that was to make sure that homophobic and transphobic crimes are treated as hate crimes and the sentences aren't reduced and then i went over the atlantic ocean to check what's happening in the us and in the US, senators have tried to introduce this bill to remove the gay panic defence at a federal level, so it affects the entire nation. But this was always uh, lost in committee, so it was it just never really got traction and it was never made into federal law. And that goes to show how when all the law dis- lawmakers and decision makers are all cis or majority heterosexual, they just don't value issues that happen to gay and trans lives, and that's why these laws don't actually make it to law. They just fall, you know, in the process, and that's that's really why progress is so slow. And that's why I'm saying, you know, some of the, we know about these things in 2005, and some states have done it, but then really in 2020, only you know half of them, if that, have actually done anything about it because the decision makers aren't there. Uh, this is why we need you, Ben, to be the PM. You know. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, it's a classic example of othering. You know, we treat those that don't have our circumstances as others. So if all these lawmakers are seers and they've never been through those experiences, how would they know how that would feel? How would they know what it's like day in, day out? And that is why it's it's massive to celebrate different people, diverse people in these lawmaking situations. You know, sometimes having a seat at the table doesn't sound like enough, but if it's one voice that could change I could like a few that are easily swayed. That's when these conversations will begin to make a difference. And hopefully, we can begin to repeal what is essentially archaic law to protect the patriarchy, essentially. Yeah. That's smash it. It's time. Um, it
0: is time. And I'd say to any listeners, if you're interested in learning more about the gay and transpanic defense, look up Islan Nettle, who is a trans woman in New York. And their, their death made a big impact in the community and led to the defense being banned in new york state so
2: i would also urge like we we read um article after article about like for example what jk rowling is tweeting right but we uh, we sh- our journalists should be looking into things like this and in you know building the momentum and mm. and being able to put pressure now i appreciate that's in the us we may not have this issue in the uk but for our you know lgbtq plus siblings around the world like This is the kind of pressure because I'll admit my ignorance. I didn't know this existed, and the fact that the U.S. this gets discussed at ground level, at foundation level, and then gets forgotten or missed or you know ignored. We then need to need to put pressure on that. So I I think there's definitely more more to be done, as as is always the case with with every single thing that happens to our community. We celebrate one change here, but that doesn't like once it changes here, that doesn't apply across the globe. They, they're they still way, way behind in other countries. So we definitely need to be more kind of conscious of that and, and make sure we support everyone, not just ourselves.
1: It's important that we have these conversations all the time because sometimes the only reason these debates spark is because tragically someone has died. If we're having these conversations all the time, we don't have to mm. wait for tragedy to strike. We don't have to jump into action in response to. We just need to be more aware and that's why conversations at levels like this on podcasts and stuff will open people's eyes and spark you into action before we lose another wonderful human spirit
0: yeah well said but the good news is that this archaic law as you um called it ben is being removed across the board Uh, but we need to apply pressure so that's the takeaway yes apply pressure (laughs) Are we ready for the interview? Yes, Ben Peachy. It's your moment to shine. Speaking of game changers and history makers, welcome back to Queer Talk. It's time to shift the spotlight back onto Ben Peachy, where it rightfully belongs. (laughs) So, how are you doing, Ben? I am wonderful.
1: I am so thrilled to be here. We took our uh, sweet time, but it's, um, (laughs) it's incredible to be here and how lovely a place it is. How are you both? It's nice
0: to ask you. Oh, um... No one ever asked me before. Um, <laughs> no. Um, well, this is your moment. I'm, I'm great. I'm great. I'm in sunny Madeira, enjoying the sun and the lack of lockdown. I'm, I'm sorry, everyone who's listening and is in a lockdown situation. It's really tough. It was so tough for me that I decided to run away in last minute. <laughs> Very spontaneous move. But am I don't regret it. I'm living my life here, kind of.
2: In the famous words of N Dubs, "No regrets." Oh, maybe that was just Dappy. I N-dubs. don't know. Bring, let's bring in the UK rapper scene. You know N Dubs, right? Yeah, I know N Dubs, but I just I know N but I'm okay, just, I'm, I I but I'm just made, wondering made, why you're quoting N Came into my head. Dappy has a song called "No Regrets." You, you kind it's of a are li- a little a little it's a little bit catchy. <laughs> you are a little Duffy. dippy. I don't know about Dappy. What's a dippy? <laughs> okay, let's. How let's, are you, Spencer? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm I'm bitter okay I'm bitter that you're abroad I'm bitter that um I'm locked in although actually this is um my happy place no pun intended but I'm good I'm excited to be here with Ben Peachy I'm here with my two best friends all at the same time and we're recording and I love that for us
0: brilliant um so
2: (laughs) I love the sarcasm no I do, I love that for you. Great. And
0: don't be jealous of me in like a tropical island. It's actually really sad because I'm indoors recording a podcast and not out in the beach or doing anything like that. So um <laughs> I actually feel sorry for me, I'd say. <laughs> um, right, ben, did and- you did you bring that
2: little violin I asked you to bring? <laughs>
1: no, I was just looking for the fox I gave and I can't find them. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
0: um, nice to meet you, Ben. <laughs> 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 um would you wow. like to introduce yourself ben properly yes
1: i can do that i can do that um for those of you that don't know me i am a writer content creator soon to
0: be author Woo!
1: lots of fingers in pies an all-round worldwide fashion icon and self-christened the nicest person
0: on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> you, you say that with sarcasm, but I've seen your video content and you seem to be the nicest person on the internet. I can I mean, verify when, that. We'll them. roll with that. <laughs> when the
2: only other two people on the internet are me and you must seen, Ben doesn't have a lot of competition. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> speaking of serving iconic looks on the internet, both on social media and on benpeachy.com, ben <laughs> we need your help, Ben Peachy. Now, Mufseen and I are known for many things. Mufseen is mostly known for his armpit. I'm mostly known for um, being annoying, (laughs) FaceTime calls, pestering people. We are not known for our fashion. But you are. And we need you to, I was going to say, undress us. But that's not what the... Oh, this this is the the podcast. Wrong call, wrong call. (laughs) We'll do that afterwards, after we press... (laughs) <laughs> we need you to analyse our outfits that we have on today and tell us how to step our pussies up, essentially. Wow. Am I allowed to say that?
0: I was gonna I was gonna say uh, step, well, you on, just step did. our our bussies up, but then I thought that's even worse. <laughs> I think we'll just leave both of them in. It's yeah, absolutely fine. We are, we,
2: are, we, make, we are making no cuts to this episode. It's all raw and real. Yes. Okay, so what we're going to do is Mufsen and I are going to describe what we're wearing because obviously mm. uh, the listeners can't see that. And you are going to, if that's okay, tell us how to
1: step it up. I, I consent to giving advice on 10 years younger or
0: the new non-binary queer gawk one. You're <laughs> I'm here for it. Okay, Mufsin, you have to go first. Okay, I'll go first. So I am wearing a yellow vest. Wow. But it's kind of the vest with a hole. It's like a t-shirt with a hole. If that <laughs> makes sense. It's like... Be careful talking about holes okay. now. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a sleeveless t-shirt. Yellow. With a little thing that says Berlin here. It's not very, it's a bit faded. I have a dog tail chain on because i'm hard in it and i'm wearing these stretchy jeggings blue jeggings uh from uniqlo that's all i'm wearing at the moment i'm not even wearing shoes i'm just in the comfort of my own own home what do you think ben and we we love comfort
1: me. we love comfort a lot <laughs> <laughs>
0: there is no silence i promise you um well
1: obviously on brand for you because you know the pits are out and the thirsty kids do love to see it that's why we're here um also, yellow is like a recurring colour for you.
0: You do yellow a I lot. I do wear yellow a lot. I think a year ago I discovered yellow and I realised, oh yeah. wait, it goes really well with my skin colour and no one told me. It, it is a good colour for you. In the 28 years I've been living at that point, no one had told me that yellow is a great colour for people with brown skin. So I only just discovered that now. Like, it was a secret that people were holding.
1: Yeah, you claim it, you own it because uh, for, for white people, yellow washes us out, so... <laughs> You know what? You look great in yellow. Um, I would I always think with you, seen you could always do with a few more layers because mm. you look like you could be chilly, like cold. <laughs> is that a possibility? Like, not every day is an opportunity
0: for a thirst trap. Well, so. thank you for that. And I will take that on board. <laughs> um... I will try to wear more layers. I do wear more layers in the winter, so I do yes. like wearing jumpers. Um, yeah. I'm a quite cosy person.
1: Maybe that's... We, we should prioritise that content online, because we, we don't get to see that. We literally just get to see underwear shots. Okay. okay.
0: Um, I see where you're going with this. <laughs> I'd like to
1: see less of you and more clothes, please, essentially. Okay. Anything,
0: anything so my is better takeaway is, than what we're seeing right now. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> to wear more clothes. Okay, this is not what I thought you'd say. <laughs> For some versatility. And then when you do take everything off, it'll be more of a surprise. Okay, then I'll treat you. Ooh. That's a really good idea. Um, the issue is I am a summer person. I'm a warm-blooded person. And I feel most comfortable when I'm wearing a vest or no clothes. Okay, So the jumpers are only put on. And we love that for you. I'm not going to take Thank that away you. from you. Okay, I'm going to stop talking because Ben, you're rolling your eyes at me. <laughs> you're like, I, would I told him to put clothes on. And he's arguing it. <laughs> okay, cool. So You're I will... doing a
1: good job. We love your colours. Thank you.
0: Yellow is my favourite colour. This is the first time
2: Moscine's ever been told to put clothes on. I think that's why he's in such shock. But we're not saying all the time, Mosin, like we love your body. You should love your body. We do. What we're saying we is, do. you know, switch it up. That's that's what Ben Peachy's here to do. I think
1: it's Yeah, embrace versatility. I'm sure you know how. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. I think when it comes to wearing layers, it's also about what do I do because I'm not the most fashionable person. I don't know how to complement different layers, so just putting on a T-shirt or a vest is actually just easy because it's only one thing to think about. I'm trying to think about accessories and okay. does this go on with this? Like that's where like my mind just falls short.
1: I think just have fun with it, embrace it. Remember, like I, when we worry about the pressure of others thinking that we look shit, mm. but it, there's like I talk about the spotlight theory all the time, which is that we're under our own spotlight and everyone else is under their own spotlight. No one, no one cares. So just as long as you feel comfortable and happy and you get those pits out from now and then to make other people happy, I honestly don't think you could go wrong, you know? Thank you for the advice. We love it.
0: (laughs) Now, what do you think of Spencer?
2: Okay, so (laughs) I am wearing my, I I was gonna stand up. I'm wearing my signature color, which is- Black.
0: Black's not a color.
2: Oh, black's not a color. I'm wearing my signature, not a color, black. Um, the tone. So I have a the simple tones? black t-shirt, gorgeous thick material. It's recently p- purchased from H&M. I'm also wearing oh. some cargo trousers with tassels on, also black. And um, because it's a special occasion and we have Ben Peachy in our presence, I put my um, ASOS heels on that go up to a size 13 for yeah. men and women and everybody in between. And I was thrilled... To purchase these. So I'm very, I'm extensively tall, is extensively a word. It is a okay. word, but it's not in the right context okay. here. I'm extra. You're excessively tall. I'm, oh, I'm excessively tall. Um, in heels,
1: are you about six five? No,
2: I'm six foot seven in heels.
1: Oh, did you hear that, everyone? Spencer is six <laughs> foot seven.
2: Like, wh- like I have to sit on my chair right now. If I stand up, I will bang my head on the ceiling, and that's very concerning. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and I also have um, a two pound diamond. Well. Faux diamond. Diamante, Monte, everybody. Let's <laughs> just diamonds
1: are not, not not focusing in this story at all. <laughs> Choker,
2: um, because I wanted to get my queer on for the for queer talk. Sure. Um, so please
1: read me for well we talk about this a lot why are you so scared of color like what is going on um, like what happened that we are so obsessed with single black layers?
2: so I saw like a trend a, a, a while ago where everyone was just wearing monochrome so I I finally yeah. got into that four years later I'm always a little bit behind sure. and and <laughs> sure. I have I have like extreme colors in my wardrobe but I will wear that uh-huh. as like a signature item if I'm if I'm yeah. feeling ballsy, Mm. Um, is ballsy a word? Yeah. Oh Stop yeah, absolutely
0: yourself,
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. An English lesson with Spencer. Uh,
2: <laughs> yeah. So I do, I'm not afraid of colour, but it, it reflects my mood and I am one tone, hence all <laughs> black. When I'm excited, I sound like this. When I'm depressed, I sound like this. And when I'm anywhere in between, I'm normally excited and depressed best. at the same mm-hmm. time. And and I still sound like this. So I am one tone and I reflect that in my dress.
1: Sure. Okay, well, I I see that you're stuck in that. And also like, our shoes are always black as well. I just want to see some excitement. Like you are very one level and we love consistency. Consistency is one of my favorite things in the world. Mm. But like our wardrobe is a place where we can put spice and excitement into our lives. And at the minute I'm getting sort of semi-skimmed milk. (laughs) And I want more.
0: Semi-skimmed
1: milk. (laughs) I want more.
2: wow okay well, some, well sometimes you don't I, it, though yeah but it's usually black <laughs> oh right it's yeah.
1: usually black <laughs> uh but you know credit where credit's due for getting the nips out we love yeah
2: that. i mean i just have to keep up with Muff's scene we can't have all of our listeners only waiting for him to post his armpits like i need to sell my body sometimes too you know <laughs> do what makes all accounts
1: couple. available on request <laughs> <laughs>
2: Okay, so now you've read both Muffstein and I for filth. Now we're going to read you. Oh
1: no. No. <laughs> no one said this was going to happen. <laughs> I'm only joking. No. Only
2: joking. We could never. There is nothing at fault. Correct. Um, can you just tell us what you're wearing so we can appreciate it rather than read it for filth, please?
1: Um, I have an amazing red roll neck on, which is vintage. Um, And then I didn't dress further down. So I'm not actually. <gasps> I just have a jumper and socks on. I'm sorry. You're we love to underneath. see it. It's hat. one of my my big trade secrets that all my content's usually just filmed
0: wearing a top. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I've got an hour's worth of makeup on. Go okay, you, but just don't stand up, right? <laughs> no, I'm not going to. If this was a work conference meeting, that would be a scandal. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love. That I mean, me. yeah, all my important Zoom calls, I usually just have. Did a you top see on. that um, hashtag #ZoomDick was trending last week a couple of ago? That was hilarious. It's, it's a moment. I, I was sure. going through Twitter trying to find the screenshot and I couldn't
2: find it. <laughs> oh, no. You, you actually started that trend muff scene, right? What, well, Zoom Dick? incredible Mm -hmm. yeah ben peachy also has a fabulous face on today we have the most divine red lip now ben's thumbnail on our google hangout is very very small but that red lip is like popping in my face and i'm here for it um we also have the eyeshadow the eyeliner the signature look you'll you'll find it on ben peachy at instagram or ben it's the Ben
1: Peach experience, Tim, you're welcome. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for that. So Mussin and I are none the wiser. We're going to continue to dress the same, but we appreciate the advice. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role,
0: like me. <laughs> I'm, more, I'm more self-aware of the fact that yellow is my signature colour and black is Spencer's signature colour yep. and I imagine red is yours, Ben. So we've got... We've got yeah, your... we, all, we all do what we do yeah. well. Yeah, we're like Power Rangers. You know, we've got our own space. <laughs> <laughs> wow, love that. Swiftly moving
2: on... <laughs> Um, Ben Peachy, where do you find your inspiration? How do you approach fashion? And was this always the case for you? Have you always been a style icon?
1: Uh, in short, absolutely correct. Yes, I have. Um, I do actually get asked questions like this, a similar vein all the time. And people always expect this like amazing existential answer. I inspire myself. I don't really have lots of amazing references for fashion for my own personal style. I really like to dress with what pleases me most and I find that looking through my own archives of pictures and stuff is one of the best ways to like inspire myself to try new things or be like I felt great when I did that how can we recreate that differently mm. but it was not always the case like it was uh, it was a struggle it was a struggle to get where we are right now like when I was a child that was not something that was encouraged and it wasn't something that I felt comfortable to do and a lot of people will resonate like home life situations are not safest they're not the securest and they're not always the nurturing environment that we would hope that they would be so sometimes it takes a move away or a change of environment or a break from that system to find yourself and i know that sounds cliche but cliches are good for a reason so like moving away to uni moving down to london at 21 best thing i ever did because you in that moment it's not like you're lying and it's not like you're a psychopath but you get to rewrite your narrative Mm. and hide the bits that you know have always followed you because you've been in that community you've been with those people and you get to say i am this new refined version of myself and guess what i love it and making those decisions and fighting for that person that i am now is why i do what i do and it's why i look the way i look because it's soul food it makes me feel The best version of me wow what an answer you can have that for free i love
2: that (laughs) i think um it's it's completely true like i'm quite fortunate my family are quite cool with me but i censored myself for them um as as i was younger and stuff and now when i go home i'm like right what's the most body I can show, how much makeup can I fit in my bag, like how drunk can I get to expose all of the family secrets, like I, I'm I'm really out here now like trying to stir the pot at, at my family gatherings, um, not that that's happening in 2020 lockdown 2.0, but I completely, I completely get that, like we censor ourselves because we feel uncomfortable, but I also didn't want them to feel uncomfortable, even though they hadn't said or shown a sign that they would be so even then we put that pressure on ourselves to censor ourselves right Mm -hmm. absolutely no comment miss muff i don't know anything about fashion
0: um no but (laughs) no you're absolutely right i find myself censoring the what i wear and i used to do it a lot worse you know probably four years ago um sure i wouldn't be wearing a vest for example like you see me wearing a vest and it's really funny um but like this is actually a form of self-expression for me as well like means a lot to you yeah like, before, I would be wearing shorts, which were, like, three-quarter lengths. Like, who did that? And now I wear shorts that are, like, up to my inner thighs, and that's great because it's really sexy. But, like, those, like, that's, like, a very tiny micro change in the last four years. But I make, like, it's, it's another, it's a part of me that's changed because I'm happier and more comfortable with who I am. And that's yeah. reflected in the clothing I
1: wear. It might be only like a small change, but small changes make the biggest mm-hmm. differences. And that you can pinpoint that means that on days where, you know, you don't feel amazing or you don't feel in connection with like your true self, you can access those things because, you know, it's material goods, but it's also part of you. You can access those things and be your best version when, even when you don't feel it. And that's
0: why clothes and expression are really important to yeah. us. Um, yeah. So Ben... Has fashion informed or helped the way in which you express yourself and your gender identity specifically?
1: Yeah, massively. Fashion is sort of 50% of who I am because I think for myself and my experience with my own gender identity and being non-binary, moving away from what's traditionally expected from you is what allows you to access those thoughts and feelings. So like, you know, the first time I put a dress on, honestly felt like, there was angelic lights on me because it was everything clicked into place it felt really really right and when you give yourself permission other things fall into place and sometimes the visual physical stuff on top is the things that allow the mental things the inside internal parts of us fall into place and so fashion is integral to that relationship and uh, it's something that i hold very close to my heart and for those that think that you know fashion clothes the way we dress makeup is all very frivolous i would counter it heavily because not only have I made my career on it, but also mm. my identity owes so much to those choices, those journeys. And I wouldn't be me without the way I dress and the way I look. I, love that. I, I think that's really inspiring. And it's, it's key
2: to know now, I don't know about your experience, but you said like the first time you put a dress on. Now, I wouldn't feel comfortable even now wearing a dress to work or, you know, out in public but if I wanted to dress, you know there's certain outfits that I wear in the house for photos, for Instagram, whatever, and I find it really exciting that I can do that in my, my own like safety of my room or my home or whatever. Now I've, I would encourage people to do this, right? You can order clothes that come direct to your house. You don't have to go to a store and, and buy a dress and be questioned or looked that funny. Um, and you can try you can try things on at home and see what works for you. Um, because I, that's definitely how I found, like, mesh is something that I really enjoy. Um, and I'm not, a, I actually got told off for wearing it at work, which is completely fair. Um, but I tried to get away with it and
0: I couldn't. Um, and <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. Day, I, was, it was, yeah. I, I was of the opinion that that was not professional because your nips were out.
1: Yeah, are nipples corporate? I'm mm. not sure.
0: But that day Spencer was like, just I can't context. believe my boss had a go at me. I'm wearing my mesh top and then he sends the picture to me and my flatmate Adam. And we're like, nah, babe, that's not professional. <laughs> we're on your boss's side. Just for,
2: hold up, hold up, hold up. Just for context, I was supposed to be the only person in the office that day. And this was during lockdown where no one else was in the building, right? So I wasn't wearing that to a meeting or to a client. Mm -hmm. We didn't Mm -hmm. have clients at this point. I was wearing that because it was peak summer, like super hot. I was in shorts and mesh. I was boiling and this is what I felt comfortable in then to work in the office by myself i would never if we had a meeting i would not show up wearing anything revealing because that could jeopardize business and i I understand there's a there's a fine line between expressing yourself and you know not giving a shit what other people think but this is their company they have rules and i have six months later finally accepted that i probably shouldn't have worn that to the office we got there so (laughs) we love that growth for you (laughs) So now, now I still wear it to the office, but I wear, a, like, a shirt on top. So I just have, like, a sure. mesh chest, but no nipples. I think nipples is, like, the the, the, mm-hmm. the biggest no-no. no. I think
0: so. I think so. In a work context, at least.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think nipples can be professional, but it's not professional to show nipples. Yeah, like
0: a <laughs> nipple piercing with a bow tie, and that would make it professional.
1: Ah, oh, yes. Anyway.
0: <laughs> like...
2: I I also like my boss's argument at this point was like if a woman came in like that and I was like, "Hun, I'd applaud her." If a woman came in like that, I would be here for it. And he was like, "That was not the answer I was looking for." <laughs> I'm like, mm. yes, bring all the women in with their tits out. Like, let's do this. Everyone should have them out. And I, I also yeah. I also think I said, like, hun, I'm offended by what you're wearing, but I wouldn't ask you to change that. So this was a day I almost lost
0: my job. Yeah, um, if you say that wow. to your boss.
2: No, but we're, we're, we're all friends here.
0: <laughs> I'm talking about being offended by what people wear. Ben, have you ever... Being in a situation where someone's been offended by the clothes you wear. Oh,
1: have I? No, I don't think.
0: Yeah, every day of my life. Um, <laughs> it's one of those
1: things that, like, bystanders, neighbors, people walking down the street, people love to comment on things. And I think you know, this year has been really tough. But lockdown has mean that I've faced a whole lot less prejudice in public. It's been incredible. But yeah, I can't really walk down a street without turning heads. And you know, my neighbors across the road where we live right now. Uh, shout out to Anthony. Um, he absolutely <laughs> hates me. He will stop whatever he's doing and just give me filthy looks. And then there'll be like comments from passers-by, like if I'm in a, like a bigger city place, it'll be like, oh, what West End show are you in? Or I didn't know the circus is in town. And it's like, You know, I get it, Carol. You think I'm threatening standing here at six foot three in a dress and pink platform heels, but, you know, at least one of us made an effort. (laughs) And it shouldn't be that I have to defend myself by degrading another, but when you're in that moment, you feel really defensive Mm. because if you're having a bad day or you're, like, just doubting the way you look, those kind of comments seep in and make you feel shit. And, you know, I would not wish that on anyone. But then there's also, like, it's part of my job and my role. What if that's I am the first trans non-binary person that Carol's met, and I now jump down her throat, she's going to think, we're all like that. So I also have to then rise above it, be the bigger person, which usually in these circumstances, I oh, am. Yeah. But it's it's an effort, and it's, yeah, I, I wish it didn't happen, but it does, and it will probably continue to do so. But with the more representation, more visibility, the effect will be less stinging. So I'm hoping that we can move towards a lower impact conflict of opinions. Now nice. speaking of this,
2: you have been addressing some of these issues in your Instagram posts lately. Um, have I? You, you have, and I've been watching them, Peachy. <laughs> oh, I know, I've I know, I've been watching. <laughs> Um, you have created posts with words instead of images. I mean, you've been you've been serving the lux as well. We no, we don't forget, but you've been bringing words on toxic activism, allyship, finding joy in the small things. So, can you talk to us for a brief moment about using words for good rather than evil? You just mentioned not you know not slamming Carol into the ground for being uh, a bit of a cunt, but. <laughs> You know, how how can we use how can we use words for good, Bampeachy? Yeah, how do you
1: use the word cunt for good? How can we use Mm?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. Well, I think it's always about the intention behind the words. Um How can we use words for good? I think, you know, I said at the the opening that, you know, I'm a self-christened nicest person on the internet. I think a lot of people use activism as a tool to air out their own feelings. You know, everyone's got a hot take, everyone's got something to say. And when you're in that sphere and you're experiencing those people's content, it's a heated world and a lot of it comes across super, super angry. And I kind of view my position in what I do as sort of like, a middle ground mediator so i see my content as low impact in terms of i'm not causing super strong opinions but in that way my education and views goes under the radar and suddenly people are seeing the same way that i see which is for the good of the community and it's sort of like sometimes i write these things without thinking about them like the toxic activism post like i spoke to you at length about this because i normally just post it and don't care but i was scared i was scared that i'd get cancelled mm-hmm. because this is sort of like the furthest above the parapet that i've ever put my head But it was important to do that because no one else was saying these things. But I was having conversations with followers, uh, listeners of the podcast, and people were saying, yeah, I'm having these problems. I'm having false accusations. Someone's cancelling me. And it's like, okay, it's time we, we called this into account. And we said, look, we're all kind of in this position to be the be all and end all. But we also owe it to each other to not be that person. And I think those recent posts have been in sort of my way of saying, we all could do better we all could be more accountable. And I'm hoping that slowly my content will allow people to be like, okay, let's have a moment to pause. What are we doing well? What could we do better? And now let's move forward with both those trains of thoughts. And if if that has sunk in, if one person has uh, had their mind changed, then that would be amazing. I, I loved that some of the people that I see doing those toxic behaviours were interacting with the post and were like, oh, this is amazing. I was <laughs> like, that irony behind the scenes is incredible. But those conversations are happening. And I think, you know, as long as good comes, I'm happy and, you know, it's worth it. And I think it's exciting that we all have this, platform for change and you know we should be using it in 2020
0: yeah you're absolutely right um having a platform you need to be responsible for it and understand that what you say you have followers you know you have people that look to you for information and so what you say does affect people's lives and moods and behaviors um so it's about being responsible absolutely right so ben could you give us an example of one of your recent posts on this topic
1: yeah of of course i have it i have it right to hand. <laughs> the recent post was uh like a little wordy piece about the importance of allies and um in essence it was sort of explaining that uh, allies have access to the same resources and in certain circumstances can be they can take the burden from trans and non-binary people when we think of allies we think of people that just support us but in, in essence what this post is saying is allies have to risk their comfort they need to go into spaces that normally they can be in and be comfortable and be happy and they need to get uncomfortable and talk about what is happening to trans and non-binary people because trans and non-binary people just are not being listened to and so that's you know a, a post about the importance of allies and it really you know
0: if people read and listen they're going to take that in mm. and hopefully it will cause change i guess that's on reflection of what you've just said and on that post it to me in my head i'm thinking that what's the di- That's the difference of uh, virtual signalling and being an ally. If you're virtual signalling, you're not becoming uncomfortable. You're just doing something and then you're moving on. Um, if you yeah. want to be a real ally, you probably will have to feel uncomfortable because you're putting yourself in the position of trans non binary people, minor- minorities and really championing that with them.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like a real classic example of like virtue signalling is someone that just shares that post. Whereas a true ally would see that post and then maybe go and talk to a relative that is super transphobic. You know, show them that kind of post, have those kind of conversations, have a situation which feels really uncomfortable. Yeah, yeah that's, that's really clear. Thank you for showing that options and actions that be, can be taken. It's there it's
2: important to note as well, like making you feel uncomfortable no one wants to feel uncomfortable but no no matter how uncomfortable I feel by having those conversations I will never feel as uncomfortable as a trans or non-binary person that has to live that every day so it's important to note that as as someone you know just take action if you care we're not asking you to go and start screaming in everyone's face although that would be lovely um Mm -hmm. you 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 just have it's the small changes I speak about this a lot about doing things on a local level like a lot of the things all three of us do address Wider, you know, our whole audience and eight thousand followers, or whoever. Right. But speaking to your sister, or your mum, or your neighbour, or Carol, for example, um, oh we we could we could make a small change. Yeah, like, it's not PR about change.
0: <laughs> yeah, she's getting way too much publicity for my liking. But you're absolutely right, Spencer, because you said this in a previous episode about uh, making changes on a local level. Like, for a lot of people, they don't have the time, they don't have the energy, or like they don't have the resources to be a full-blown activist for every cause. And we've seen that with Black Lives Matter. Like People are just so tired uh, after that because we've been, you know, as a world, we've been talking about it for so long and we, we want change to happen. But, for the people who've already been doing it all their lives it's, it's super tiring. One of the best ways to be an ally is, is just to talk about these issues like take ben 's post and show it to your colleagues at work because you 're probably going to be looking at instagram when you're at work and just like just show it to the person next to you, you know, there's small things like that I, I like to send things
2: as well, so sometimes I do this to muff scene all the time if someone writes something about like you know constantly being naked or something, I just send it to muff scene <laughs> i don't have that conversation i'm just mm-hmm. like and muff scene's mm-hmm. like. Why are you sending this to me? And I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. Um, just read it, reflect. You know, have that conversation with yourself, um, just... and then and then we move on.
0: Whereas I when, I when I take that, I say, oh, he's sending me a nude. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I absolutely agree. We should be using words for good. And one of the things I love about you, Ben, is you were doing on the full love of queers, the word of the week. Yes. Uh I absolutely loved those videos. And I just want to ask you, what, what was your favorite word of the week?
1: ah my favorite my favorite word of the week to mm-hmm. do was not binary i think that was uh, would you agree Spencer, that got like one of the biggest responses yeah. people loved that yeah, one they did they did i i love the word of the week but the hardest part for me
2: we have to make a cover for the for the feed and, <laughs> and ben is very expressive in their face okay so that i mean i can pull faces at, at, the, at the microphone all i want but like I try so hard not to be, you know, transphobic to Ben by posting those covers because <laughs> I, I need this. I need this to They're be. They're rough, good. aren't they? They, <laughs> they are rough for for season two of Word of the Week. If 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 we ever get there, um, we're going to design covers in advance because yeah. take photos, <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> take <laughs> frames. Yeah. <laughs>
1: um,
2: but I've I've been so grateful because it's a, a really short, snappy way to to educate people, and we're not right. saying, you know, it's not a call to action. It's not anything. It's just a definition and that's what people need because it's it's all good for us to say you know oh virtue signaling bad policing people's bad tone this do that you know no one even knows what that means sometimes yeah, and exactly. and how are they supposed to take action if they don't even know what we're asking them to do yeah um, so we, you know, for people like me, we like to dumb it down. <laughs> yeah, I love that you
0: both have your... But we, squeeze, we squeeze a lot of info into those. We don't dumb it down too much. Yes, a lot of people won't know what those words mean. Um, I was really shocked that people didn't know what microaggression meant, but like, oh, I just think about it every now and again. But a lot of people just had no idea what that meant before Black Lives Matter process happened this year. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really grateful that you have your little Susan dictionary corner um, videos um, and, I, and I love them, and I wait for them every week. Well, we we love them too, and uh, they're a passion project for us, so we will continue to do
1: them.
2: Absolutely right, Ben Peachy. We're down to the uh, to sure. the big
0: momentum, to the big occasion.
1: It's the time.
2: <laughs> Go ahead, Muffin.
0: So, from words to books, you've recently announced that you're going to be a published author. How exciting is that? Woo! Published. <laughs> Let that sink in. Published. Yeah. It's a moment. It still doesn't
1: feel like it feels a lot more real than it did over the summer when we were like in contracts and like back and forth with proposals. Mm. But uh, yeah, uh, Would you like to- <laughs> I'm very, very proud. I don't really have the words to say how I feel, but it's, inc- it's incredible. And I love talking about it, um, putting author in my bio. Uh, mm.
0: <laughs> it was a pinch me moment. <laughs> Would you like to talk us? through what the book is about.
1: Uh, yes, and I, I do believe this is a Queer Talk exclusive. Ooh. I have not given any information to anyone else about this. Okay. Um, so... The The premise for the book comes from, you know, how I view and explore the world and I think a lot of, especially conversations for non-binary people, it's very us versus them, it's very angry and, you know, the only time that non-binary people get airtime is to defend themselves and so it can be really hard to view the world from a position of self-love so... The conversation i had with my editor and the publishers is you know there's a space for this there's a the gap in the market so what my book will be is uh an ode to self-love joy and positivity as a non-binary person you know there are hundreds and hundreds of influencer memoirs out, out there that are super personal but what my book will be is a tool for the reader you know i'm giving it uh, i'm giving lessons educations mm. advice small anecdotes bits and bobs that say first of all it's okay to be selfish enough to say I love me for who I am right now and here are tools and advice to make the best out of your life you know we've all fought for where we are right now and that's an absolute waste if you don't go forward into your life and love who you are and so my my book will be uh, a, a a set of experiences words lessons that say really own who you are love who you are and experience true gender euphoria in your non-binary joy and um it's something that I would have loved to have seen when I was younger I I would have needed it I needed it so much and I just didn't have it and I don't want uh gosh uh I don't want kids today to go through what we went through I don't want that and so my book is going to be there for them and it will be nationwide across stores in libraries you know for them to access and we'll do an audiobook book. And it'll just be really nice to have someone supportive and loving and in their ears to say, you know what? It's wonderful to be you. And I I cannot, I've started it. I
0: cannot wait to finish it. I'm, I'm really excited. I'm getting goosebumps just hearing you talk about it. I can really yeah, feel it. Yeah, I've got like a tear in
2: my eye. <gasps> ben Peachy is exclusively uh. crying for us.
0: Shut out, Spencer. We don't do emotions. <laughs> oh
2: shit, sorry. <laughs> it's not on brand to cry i forgot Um, it's just fluffing my mascara (laughs) fluffing my mascara
1: (laughs) no i am emotional it does when i talk about it it does make i do get upset because i realize what a massive part of my life i lost you know through not being able to be myself my teenage years i have had to do in my 20s because i didn't have that and i don't want you know non-binary trans youth to to have to do what we did so that's why the book is necessary so hopefully it comes as quick as it can so that it's out there in the world for the you know for everyone to experience yeah
2: i think this is really going to work because um you've mentioned it's not only for you know non-binary and trans people like that is the kind of main audience but for for people like me and for seen to understand that experience like this is what we need we need to to read it to see it in films to see it on tv to to fully understand and then kind of just respect more than anything so I'm, I'm excited to read it and understand why you are who you are and who how you became who you are and how other trans non-binary you know it's it's a difficult one to say everyone's the same but like those experiences will relate with and you know mm. connect with a lot of people and that's really really important i'm so excited yeah and i
1: will i will say as a writer that i know that my experiences don't cover all possibilities and uh, instances so there will be uh, other people contributing not in a a big sense, but I'm gonna I'm looking to speak to quite a few community members to bring in mm. diverse experiences that you know I don't have from my own my own background because you know it's wonderful as a minority person to have this responsibility, but I also have to understand my own white privilege. I don't experience all backgrounds. Mm. i you know there's a lot that's missing from that. So we will. Um, to the best of our abilities, bringing a more rounded experience by speaking to other people,
0: which
2: is amazing.
0: The reason I'm getting goosebumps is because I know there's trans non-binary authors out there who have written about their life stories, and their stories are inspirational. And uh, trans non-binary people, young people, um, will read it and think it's you know that's great, and uh, that's something to aspire to. And then, like earlier, we were talking about representation, and how that's so important. But when you talk about your book and you're talking about how you want to give young people the tools to be themselves and to be the best version of themselves. It's, it's that that really touches me um, and really like, makes me want to read this book before you've even written it. You've sold yeah. it, Ben Peachy. You've done it, Ben Peachy.
1: <laughs> wow. Now someone just has to publish it. Oh, wait, we've already done that too. <laughs>
2: <Yes>. <laughs> I'm, I am very kind of in admiration of you for this because you do love having the spotlight on yourself and this book is going to be that. It is going to be your book but I love that even now unlike a lot of people we see out there, especially in our community who are going after themselves, like you are doing this for the community. You are doing this for other people. Like yes, your face is going to be on the cover, I hope. Yes. If not, mine will be. Um, <laughs> but you're doing, you're doing this for other people and I'm, this is, this is what it's all about. This is why we make the podcast. This is why we run the platform. This is why we are the best free people in our community um,
1: ever to exist. <laughs>
2: Full stop, period. Steady on. Yeah, <laughs> Bold statements. No. <laughs> but, you know, I think it's so important because we're in a good position. We've, we've made these achievements. Mm. Now we have to give back to the community. Full stop. We can take time for ourselves. We can celebrate for ourselves. But of course we should give back we
1: should we should absolutely and we uh i mean think about pride and what pride essentially is it's uh, a celebration remembrance and thanks for black transgender non-conforming lives that and brown uh, lives as well that sacrificed for us to have the confidence that we have right now and you know it's it's lovely to say well look how far we've come but there's so much further to go mm. and we won't go any further if we don't give a little bit back as well if we don't lift people up and i thought that you know this my debut and first book would be the perfect opportunity to give back and you know give as much as i can back to my community because i am not me without them and they are not them without me you know it's it's a real mutual thing and that is what this uh publishing opportunity is and i am i'm very 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 grateful and thankful but i'm also itching to
0: write as well yeah did, that, did you know that I just started a creative writing course? So maybe I should just... I think I think I saw it. Right. Maybe I should just slack that off and get you to be my mentor.
1: Oh, I don't know anything about writing at all. How
0: do you just sold this book to us?
1: Uh, no, I'm just completely self-taught, completely mm. self-taught. I just started writing in the middle of uni. I've only been doing it for like four and a half years. Yes, but... No, Do do the creative writing course. <laughs> it's so incredibly important to be nourished by other people's education and learning. I think you will take something from it. I'd love to have the time to do it. I don't, but if I did, I would.
2: We actually met Mufseen for the first time. I don't remember, like, it was, like, last year. I can't believe that was only last year. But we met and you said, oh, I'm actually writing a book. And mm. I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. Um, and like you said, we're, we're still yet to see uh, even a sentence, but... I'm glad, I can, I'm glad I you finally share. stepped up. Thank You, you. finally uh, stepped up. You're doing your creative writing course. We're excited to see it. I think, like I said, these diverse experiences from all of us. Um, I promise you, I will never ever write a book. I can...
1: Well, in order to write a book, Spencer, you need to read one first, <laughs> <laughs> No, Spencer wants
0: to do a magazine. Um,
2: just just pictures I just want to take pictures of you in black pictures. mesh yeah just just me in my non-color color living life to the full you know yeah
0: so Ben you're doing a book Spencer you're going to do a magazine a photo book and I will write a sentence sounds like a plan we look forward to seeing it yeah absolutely <laughs>
2: And on that note, that is the end of episode three of Queer Talk. Thank you Ooh. so much for it. joining us.
0: Uh, I just want to say a massive thank you to you, Ben, for coming onto the show. I know we've been wanting you for a, a while, and I'm glad we were able to save you for the book news. So, how can our listeners follow you, Ben? Like, give us the give us the deets. Ah, uh, um, uh, on Instagram at ben peachy.
1: That's P-T-P-E-C-H-E-Y. Uh, The same on Twitter. You can find me on BenPeacher.com or you can find my podcast, The Happy Place, to hear my dulcet tones piped straight into your ears. Anywhere you want me, you've got me. Mm. I
2: love that. Spencer
0: always does that at the end. Like, "Mm." mm. mmm. Mmm. Because our
2: guests, (laughs) our guests always make like sexy references at the end like oh i'll be in your ears oh i'll come and touch you like all this kind of thing i'm like yes mm.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> i get all excited anyway lockdown that's what lockdown does to you yeah um do not forget to let us know that you have listened to this episode and all of the other episodes if you're you know if you're bored um we are on instagram at queer underscore talk and we are on twitter at queer talk
1: underscore